0: It's time now for The Complete Story, a public news and information feature of BOT Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now, here's the BRN Father and Son Team, Dick and Rich BOT, with today's
1: Complete Story.
2: You know, folks, there never was a time when there wasn't something important, something important that we could call The Complete Story. And uh, I started the program about 50 years ago. Fifty years ago, uh, it's kind of an editorial program. You know, newspapers and magazines, they have editorials. And I thought, why on earth wouldn't a Christian radio station also be able to express themselves as to where they stand and editorialize? So then gave birth to the complete story. And then later on, uh, Rich joined me um, on the program. And uh, and that's, that's kind of how we proceeded. I tell you what, though. There are some in our audience that most people would call old, (laughs) old. Another person would say they're wise. And somebody else could say, that's my grandpa. And somebody else could say, wow, I don't know. But there was a song that was written that came to my attention. You might think it's kind of funny at first. But listen to the words, because it hits the nail on the head. Here it is.
0: Now some folks are preoccupied with looking young and trim, and I can still remember when I was just like them, but time has shown it's what's inside your heart that really counts and not how many store-bought teeth you have inside your mouth. Well, I just love old people, yeah, I do. I just love old people, how about you? With silver traces in their hair, there's so much wisdom they can share. I know of none that can compare with old people. My joints may not be perfect. My walking may be slow. And it may take me three attempts when I get up to go. But when it comes to serving God, I still have much to give. Like teaching all these younger folks how great it is to live. Well, I just love old people, yeah I do. I just love old people, how about you? With silver traces in their hair, there's so much wisdom they can share. I know of none that can compare with old people. So when you're old and turning gray, I hope that you hear someone say, I just love old people. <laughs> <laughs>
2: OK, I can almost hear people chuckling, I can almost hear people say, oh, no, and I can almost hear others say, well, good, and they're almost applauding. That's the way the mixture of the whole audience is. And many of the programs that are our best programs are ministers that have been around a long time. And many of the best programs are also ministers that God has chosen to be here now in our network, our radio network of Bible teaching and Christian news and information. So it really is the mixture of everybody that fills, fills the need. Go ahead, Rich.
1: Oh, I think it's the same way with the church. There's always a, a real advantage to having a mixture of age groups and people groups and people coming together to worship the Lord.
2: You know, when my father was still alive, I can remember, he loved Stuart Hamlin. He thought Stuart Hamlin's music was just terrific. Well, Stuart Hamlin became a Christian in the Billy Graham Crusade, I believe it was the first one in Los Angeles, wasn't it? Uh, Many years ago.
1: I think it was 1947. It
2: could have been, thank you. Uh, 1947, you know, that's a long time ago. And Stuart Hamlin, when he became a Christian, because somebody invited him to a Billy Graham crusade, he had been very popular. He had written a lot of music, and he knew what it was to make a record that was very popular and would sell a lot of copies. But when he wrote this song, that isn't what was on his heart. He wanted to use this story to tell people that time passes And people get old. And he wanted them to feel what he was writing about. And so he recorded it. And then all of a sudden, the music boys, the hotshots, they said, Oh, no, no, no. You got to pep it up. You got to make it a a sing and dance song. You got to. Anyway, here's Stuart Hamlin in his own voice to tell the story about this old house.
3: Some years back when I was on a hunting trip way up in the high Sierra mountain range, I had a rather strange thing happen to me. It was a cold, and I do mean a cold day. I'd ridden my horse up over a big ridge and was letting him blow a bit, and I happened to look away off down in a wild, desolate-looking valley, and I could see an old log cabin. I was about in the mood to freeload somebody off a cup of coffee. So I rode my horse down toward the place. But when I rode up, I was rather disappointed because it looked like there was nobody living there. I could see the front door had been blown down, kind of like it had been wrestling with a storm. In fact, it was a lonely-looking place. I was just about to ride on when I got a big surprise an old hound dog came staggering out of that old cabin and just real wearily like lay down on the porch. Now, I know a dog will not long remain at a deserted place, but if his master is in that place, he'll stay there till he starves to death, and this dog looked like he wasn't far from doing that. Because that old dog was there and because there was no smoke coming out of that chimney, that place might have looked deserted, but I knew it wasn't. This dog was telling me a story. And I thought to myself, there's something wrong here. The thought hit me with a foreboding premonition. There was a man there somewhere. I swung down off my horse, walked up to the porch, and that old dog wearily got up and started slowly back into the house, same as to say, come on, I'll lead you to him. I stepped over the old door that was caved in. It was dark in the old house, and I I couldn't see anybody about. I saw the old dog standing over by another door. I walked over and opened it, and I saw him, a little old man on a couch. As I walked up closer, I could see that he had snow on his chest. Snow that had sifted in through a broken windowpane above him. I don't know how long the old man had been dead. He he just looked like he was asleep. His old dog came up and began to whine. Now and then he'd look up to me with a pleading look same as say, Can't you do something to help him? Then I happened to notice shabby window curtains that would sway back and forth every time the wind came through that broken window. A man's not going to put up window curtains in a cabin that's at least 20 miles from the nearest road. A man won't do that. A woman had hung up those curtains. I began to wonder what had happened to her. I turned and walked back out into the yard and sat down on a fallen tree. I noticed there wasn't any snow on that tree. Perhaps a storm had recently visited the mountains and blown it over. As I looked around, I could see a a little toy wagon way up under the porch. A wagon that only had three wheels. And I wondered, where were the children that once played for that broken wagon? I can't explain it, but I reached in my coat pocket and got a little paper sack out and I thought I'd like to paint a word picture of that place. I began the lyrics with, this old house once knew my children, this old house once knew my wife. Well, you know the rest of the story. This old house was a song hit of seven different countries at the same time. But I don't think that anyone ever got the true meaning that I intended the song to convey. You see, I wrote it to be a sad song. And when I made the first recording, I did it that way. But then the recording industry said, oh, Stuart, you're all wrong. To be a hit, it's got to have a real bounce to it. Well, not long ago, I was up in our attic and happened to run across that first old tape recording that I'd made. Perhaps, if you listen to it, you can get the true meaning that I wanted the song to have. You see, most people thought the song was just about a poor, lonely prospector and his half-dead dog that had cached in their blue chips way up high in the Sierra Mountains during a wild storm. But that wasn't it at all. The song was about two houses, the house that's made of mud, brick, and wood, and stone that a man builds, and the other house, the mortal house, the house that the maker of men has loaned to the man for such a short, short time. This old house once knew my children. This old house once knew my wife. This old house was home and comfort as we fought the storms of life. This old house once rang with laughter this old house heard many a shout now she trembles in the darkness when the lightning walks about but ain't gonna need this house no longer ain't gonna need this house no more ain't got time to fix the shingles Ain't got time to fix the floor, ain't got time to oil the hinges, autumn in no window pane, ain't gonna need this house no longer. I'ma getting ready to meet the saints This old house is a getting shaky. This old house, it's getting old. This old house lets in the rain This old house lets in the cold On my knees I'm getting chilly But I feel no fear nor pain Cause I see an angel peeking a broken window pane but ain't gonna need this house no longer ain't gonna need this house no more ain't got time to fix the shingles ain't got time to fix the floor ain't got time to oil the hinges bottom in the window pane ain't gonna need this house no longer I'm getting ready to meet the same My old hound dog lies asleep He don't know I'm gonna leave Else he'd wake up by the fireplace He'd just sit there and howl and grieve But my hunting days are over We ain't going hunting Anymore Gabriel Dunn Brought in my chariot When the wind Blew down the door But I ain't gonna need This house no longer Ain't gonna need this old house No more Ain't got time to fix the shingles Ain't got time To fix the floor Ain't got time to oil The hinges out of men, the window ain't gonna, gonna need this house no longer. I'm getting ready to meet <laughs> <States>.
2: <laughs> You know, everything you own, you're gonna leave behind. What was that you told me the other day, Rich, about uh, somebody who said? Uh, to work for something you cannot keep. Tell me about
1: that. Oh, Nate Saint, that's his famous quote. You know, the missionaries that were killed by the Alka Indians. Nate Saint famously said, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he can never lose. Say it again. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he can never lose. Yeah.
2: Did you get that, folks? Now, listen, uh, for those of you who are much younger, this is your day. I have always been interested and very supportive of people who will engage children in Bible memorization. Rich, what's that organization? That the, oh, the Bible B. The Bible Bee. That's a national organization now, isn't it?
1: It is. Uh, you hear the announcements on BOT Radio Network.
2: Well, now, down in uh, Little
1: Rock, Arkansas, there was a church,
2: and the church had something for the whole family to kind of go through the Bible around the dinner table with the children and everybody. And then at the end of the year, they would have a contest or an opportunity for the children to get up in front of the congregation and tell what they had learned. And when I heard this nine-year-old boy. Now I tell you folks, this has to be maybe 15 years ago. And the nine-year-old boy when he participated in the contest, went through the Bible uh, from Genesis to Exodus. And if you listen carefully, what wisdom was planted in his heart that he will never forget. Here it is.
4: I would like to tell you about what I've learned this year from reading through the Bible during Project 4.4. This project is based on the scripture Matthew Four, which says, Man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. God speaks to us through the Bible. And what I think the Bible's trying to tell us is it's telling us how to live, and it's helping us know God better by telling us His characteristics. One of the main characteristics the Bible tells us about is God's love. God loves us so much that He wants us to be His, follow Him, and worship Him only. The Bible starts in Genesis 1-1, which says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. That scripture shows that God is the creator of all things. After that came Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve made the bad choice of eating the fruit off the tree of life that allowed sin to enter the world. And soon that sin got so bad that God just decided to destroy the earth. But he saved the one righteous family, the family of Noah. And so after Noah came Abraham. And Abraham had such great faith that God rewarded him with being the father of many nations. And so after Abraham came Moses. And Moses led God's people out of Egypt and through the desert during hard times. And, and he was a great leader and he loved God and after Moses came the period of the judges. And at that time, the Israelites were getting into a cycle where they would fall away from God, trouble would come, and they would cry out to God, and God, being the loving God that He is, would send a judge to rescue them. And that was God's way of letting the Israelites have a leader. He didn't want them to have a king or a queen like all the other nations of the world, because he wanted his people to be different. So he used judges instead of kings. And there were many great judges like Gideon and Samson and Samuel and Deborah. And, but soon the Israelites got greedy and they wanted a king too. And so they told Samuel, who was the judge at that time, that they wanted a king. And so Samuel went to God in prayer about it. And God said, anoint Saul king over the Israelites and let them see what he would do to them. So Samuel did what God said, and Saul was a pretty bad king too. And so after Saul came David, and David loved God with his whole heart and wrote almost the whole book of Psalms, which is praise to God and how he delivers people from his enemies. And... so after David came Solomon and Solomon and one night God came to Solomon in a dream and he asked him for anything that he wanted he could even have all the splendor of the world if he wanted to but Solomon didn't ask for riches he asked for wisdom and God blessed him through that and Solomon also built the temple for praise to God And after Solomon the kingdom split into two parts Israel And Judah and Israel's kings were bad all down the line like Jeroboam and Nadab and Ahab and Judah's kings were pretty much the same although they did have a few good kings like Asa and Josiah and Hezekiah and also at that time the Israelites were getting into that same kind of cycle with the judges but instead of sending a judge God sent a prophet and prophets would tell about the future and what would happen if the Israelites didn't turn didn't turn back to God and some like Isaiah even told about Jesus the coming savior and after all the kings and the prophets there were 400 years of which nothing was recorded in the Bible and then the Bible starts back in the New Testament and Jesus was born into the world and he taught and told parables and did miracles so that we might believe in God and turn back to him but that wasn't all god had in store for his son he wanted him to die on the cross for our sins so that's what jesus did he took all of our sins upon us so that he so that we wouldn't have to die for them and then to show his power over death god raised his son back up from the grave and So after Jesus had ascended into heaven and gone back to live with God, the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples and they started to teach and preach in different languages. And also at that time there was a man named Saul. And Saul, Saul, what he thought was right was to beat Jesus' followers. And if he didn't have them beaten, he had them thrown in jail or even killed. And on his way to a city called Damascus, God blinded him with a bright light, and Jesus called out from heaven, Saul, why are you hurting me? And so that bright light blinded Saul, and so God called Ananias to teach and preach to Saul about God. And later Saul was baptized, and and his sight returned. He also changed his name to Paul. And Paul went around to many countries teaching and preaching about God's Word. And he, and he was really in-depth about it. And he wrote a good portion of the New Testament about all those letters to God's people, like Galatians and Ephesians and Philippians and all these other letters. And also at that time, James and Jude and Peter and all these other people were writing letters to God's people also. And then after all those letters, then John wrote one final letter to the seven churches in Asia about a vision that he had. And that's where Revelation comes in. And and Revelation is all about John's vision of what would happen in the end. God would destroy the earth, separate the people into two groups. One group being the people who chose to not obey God and not serve Him. And the other group would be the people who did follow God. And so, um, and so God would be victorious over evil and Satan and all his followers would be thrown into the lake of fire, but the people that obeyed God and served him would be rewarded with eternal life in heaven. And so think of the Bible as a movie. And you wouldn't just rent a movie and go to scene selection and say that this part looks interesting, I'll start here. So then you don't know who the characters are, what they're doing, why they're doing it, and where they are. So just like you have to watch the whole movie to get the whole picture, you have to read through the whole Bible to see what God's say. Because if you read one book, you might think that God's waiting for us to mess up because he's getting his people in trouble all the time. And if you read another book, you might think that he has all this love and compassion toward us and you get confused. And so, and so I've learned a lot during Project 4-4, and I hope you have too. It's been a great experience.
2: <laughs> oh, Rich, isn't that something? God bless that From boy. From the mouth of a child.
1: I bet those lessons have stuck with him all of these yeah. intervening years. See, that
2: boy now is probably 20 years old. Right. That'll but he's got the Word of God hidden in his heart. He'll be with him the rest of his life. Uh, folks, listen to this song. It's the way I feel right now. So Give the
1: number. 1-800-345-2621. Wasn't that boy a blessing? Absolutely. Yes, he sure was. This is Dick Bott with my son, Rich,
2: with another chapter of The Complete Story as a public service. We'll see you later.